Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range. Or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I am here to teach you how to take back your life and dare to progress towards bettering yourself, honing your gifts, and using them for good in the world. Listen in to be inspired by others who are walking the same path of self-improvement paired with self-love, and to be a part of a community that knows life is about progress, not perfection. Have I ever told you guys that I love art history? Uh, This is something I studied in college and I was obsessed with it. I have always been so into learning about artists since I was a little girl. I was really into Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci. And then when I went to college and studied about all these other artists from all throughout history, I totally fell in love. So much that that is something I almost got my PhD in. I was going to get my PhD in humanities. Um, And another long story about why I didn't is it's connected to my poor body image. And I shared about that in some stories on my Instagram last week at About Progress. I digress though. 
This explains why I am so obsessed with getting creative types on here. I love talking to people who are into performing, um, who are artists, who are musicians, because I love learning about what the creative process looks like for them. So when Beth Allen agreed to be on the show, I was so crazy excited. If you haven't seen her artwork, I will link to her website because you need to go find them right now. I have many of her prints all over my home and I am dying to get my hands on an original. Beth is here to share about creativity, yes, but she's also here to share about how that has been so tied to her acceptance of her flaws that as she was able to give herself permission to fail, she flourished in her artwork. As she allowed herself to explore so many different types of painting and art, she found her voice. And I love what she says about how because she created so much bad art, she was able to then make the good art. Now, Beth is also kind to share her struggles with perfectionism and how they became eating disorders for her and how these eating disorders quelched her creativity and what she did to dig her way out of that and how she works on this every single day. It is so connected to who she is as an artist, so I think you are really going to enjoy learning from Beth. I am here with Beth Allen. Thank you so much for being on the show, Beth. No problem. I'm glad to be here. How about we start with an introduction? Who are you and where are you calling us from? All that. Um, well, my name is Beth Allen, and I am living currently in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, my husband's going back to school here, and so we're going to be here for a while. And um, I have seven kids. And I am an artist. I've been such a big fan of your artwork well before I knew you were even listening to the podcast. So when you said that you were, I was so thrilled. I love art. I love creativity. And I love talking to artists because of how much is there with the struggle of trying to perfect, perfect your craft and do make something beautiful and um and impactful for others and still uh, not go crazy, you know? Um, So we're going to hear today to talk about your personal life and what that has to do with your art and what you create as well as creativity. So first, how about you tell me, when did you find your love of art? Um, I don't remember a time when I didn't love to draw um, or create in general, but, you know, drawing in as a child was my big thing. I love to draw. I was always drawing um, on my school papers, you know, any, I had notebooks full of drawings. And I remember specifically, like in fourth grade, they were asking us, you know, well, what, what would you like, what career would you like to have? And, and I just, it's always been an artist. I always have known that that's what I want to do. So, um, Yeah, I just think that it's just a really big part of who I am is creating things for some reason or the other, (laughs) but it's always just been part of my life. So Um, when did it become more of just an expression or not even a hobby? Because I don't think it's like, oh, well, fun little hobby. I think this, like you're saying, this is very much a part of who you are. But when did you decide, I want to, I want to produce this for others, I want, I want this to be, to be more than, um, just what I do. Um, yeah, I applied to ASU and, um, got into their art program and I wasn't really sure like exactly what, um, 
I wanted to specialize in. But the more classes I took, I took a lot of drawing, a lot of watercolor classes, um, some ceramic classes, which I realized I was not good at. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but painting is what I fell in love with. And so mm. I took, which I hadn't done a lot of um, previous to college. So I fell in love with painting. And I just could never, you know, imagine myself doing anything else. Um, whenever I thought about, well, this is, you know, not the most practical job. <laughs> this isn't all, you know, super reliable. Just the thought of, you know, doing something else just made me just so sad because it's all, all that I wanted to do. So um, I... I guess it was in college that I just kind of got that confirmation and that's really what I wanted to do and to share with others. So, so did you have that support growing up? Like what did your parents do to encourage this creativity in you and um, to get away from the practicality too of saying, maybe they didn't though. So, so talk about what that was like growing up and how that influenced that process of not just doing something to be practical and like, you know, make a job. This yeah. Is yeah. That whole. Yeah. Part of it. My parents were always really supportive and, um, encouraging of, of my art. Like I'm sure I made so many messes yeah. <laughs> like creating things. I remember sitting at the table with a glue gun, just cutting and gluing and cutting. Uh -huh. I'm sure I made so many messes, but I never remember, you know, my mom or dad complaining about it or, or discouraging me from doing it. And, you know, when I decided to major in art in college, they were supportive of me. And I don't know, they've always just, um, kind of been the kind of people that, you know, believe that you can follow your heart and your dreams. And I, I'm just really lucky that I was able to have that encouragement and I try to do that for my kids too <laughs> yeah we see them painting alongside you when you take that time which I I love that you include them although I'm sure you also need time by yourself too um which is important so how has that translated to what how you um how you are as your own family with creativity in general and what that might look like in your kids I'm sure some of them are interested in art and some might not be but yeah. what does it look like for this sense of freedom to create? Um, yeah, it's always been a, a really high priority for me. I've tried to, you know, encourage my kids and you're right. Like some of them, I have a few that are really left brained and not interested in art really at all. And then I have a few, um, especially my, my eight year old Violet, who's just always creating. She reminds me a lot of, you know, how I was at that age, she just always wants to make things and experiment and create. And so I just try to give them um, the free range to to explore that as much as I can. And it is hard sometimes because, you know, it can be messy and, um, you know, they're not always really good at cleaning it up. But I, I hope that, um, you know, that allowing them to do that will give them the confidence to um, be creative in their lives, not just, you know, in art, but mm -hmm. I feel like we live in such a creative world now, you know, it's creativity that sets people apart 
And I think it's just so important for people to, you know, have that part of themselves developed. And there's so many different ways to be creative, obviously. So I don't know if that answers. Oh, the that question, 100% did. And you talked about instilling a confidence of of exploring and I want to know what that has looked like for you, because I think a lot of what, you know, we learn about in art history, for example, is that artists are so hard on themselves. There's this drive to create something beautiful, but to have a perfect outcome, which is inherently impossible. So there can be a lot of frustration, I'm sure, with being an artist, as well as the ebbs and flows of confidence and lack of confidence. How have you learned to make that part of the equation that trying to do something perfect, not overwhelm the actual joy of producing it as well as the Mm -hmm. ability to, to be an artist. Yeah. Yeah. I know that it's a huge struggle. I, um, have always struggled with being really hard on myself. Um, and I don't think I've really realized how hard I have been on myself until like the past few years, maybe. Um, but um, I just thought that, I, I don't know what I thought. I just thought that that was normal. But, um, yeah, it's creating art, I think, and I've thought about this a lot, is, is difficult because since it's so personal, when I put it out there, if it's reject, rejected, it feels like I'm getting rejected. Mm. And so um, that's probably one of the hardest parts for me. And so um, when I start thinking of that too much that kind of starts this cycle of trying to be perfect and trying to please others and try that just messes with my art so much Mm -hmm. and I have to be aware of that and you know try to you know go out take a walk take a run get my head clear and remember that it's not about that it's about trying to express what makes me happy and what's in in my heart, and I feel that the best way for me to do that is to just put my head down and get to work and to not overthink it. And, you know, that's easier said than done. But, um, yeah, and I know that other artists struggle with it a lot, too. It's just your thoughts can get so crazy and um, just really um, beat down on, on you because you're. I don't think that, I'll ever be as good as I want to be, you know, like I'll, I'll, I won't ever, there's always, the more that I learn, the more I realize I have to learn. And so I have to, you know, give myself grace to, um, to just be okay with where I'm at now and to do the best I can with, with what I can now and try to enjoy the process and, not to say that not I shouldn't try to get better, but to not expect too much or else that takes away um, the love that I have for it. That's so. why this show is called About Progress, because I think a lot of times when we're so stuck on um, perfection or when we are letting ourselves, like our mind, control what we actually do, we don't even get started or it 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 alters what we actually are doing, which... Yeah. inherently um, prohibits growth and improvement and yeah. all of that. And I love your tips about getting out of your head, like going for a walk, 
getting out of the house or just barreling through, working through it. Those are all such great tips. Um, is there a difference when you're producing something for a client for you versus um, just making something that you are interested in? Um, there, Yeah, there definitely is. Um, when I'm like doing um, a commission, I definitely have to take into account, um, you know, this person might want something a little more specific. And um, I've recently, and, and I actually used to struggle with it a lot more, but I've, I have, I have to be sure to communicate clearly that, you know, if I feel like it needs to go a certain direction or if I need to do it a certain way, like that, um, that they understand that and that they know that a lot of me is going into it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm going to hate doing commissions and get resentful at them. And and like my my husband was telling me, well, they asked you to do a commission because they've seen your previous work, and there's something about it that they like. And so you need to not so much worry about you know getting it exactly right to what they think, but to doing your best to your ability with what, you know, with what seems right to me. I hope that's making It, it absolutely does because they want you in it. And if, yeah. if your heart's not in it, if you're not giving yourself freedom to explore or try something new, it's missing you. Otherwise, it's just yeah. a reproduction of something you've already created. So yeah. I'd like to see that you do different types of painting, too. I see abstract. I see, um, I, I know I'm probably getting the names wrong here. Is it realism? Or it's been so long since I've studied this stuff. Oh, you know, no, you're fine. So tell, yeah, me, no, tell I, me the names. I have a lot of interest mm-hmm. in that that's also been, you know, something that I've thought a lot about um, throughout the past years is I I do have a wide interest in what I paint. And um, so I do a lot of abstracts and I do portraits. And um, recently I've done a lot of like mothering mm-hmm. paintings. And, and then I do landscapes and florals too. And... Um, Sometimes I'm like, well, I just need to find a niche and I need to only do one thing. And um, I actually reached out to one of one of my artist friends and was talking to him about it. And and he said that he disagrees with that, that, you know, each type of art that I do informs the other. Mm. And um, which I would have never thought of on my own. And that I, if I feel like painting it, if if it excites me or if I'm interested in it, then I should paint it and not worry about it being in, you know, a certain exact way or being like some artists do have like a very specific niche and that works for them. And that's great. Um, I just I for me personally, I think I would get bored and I don't know if I would miss the other things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Um, so how do you yeah. still love it then, you know, after, you know, t- your whole life being devoted to creating art and I'm sure many other things, have you said you're a really creative person in general, but why, why do you still love this act of producing something artistic, like something tangible? What does it give back to you to do that? Um, well, I think one thing is, is that kind of, like I said before, I, I feel like there's always some so much more that I can learn Mm -hmm. about, you know, technique and color and 
composition. But um, also each each painting is like a whole new experience for me and um, a, cha- a new challenge. And um, having that challenge and being able to finish it and see the results and being able to connect with others um, through art is just so rewarding. Um, so far, I've never gotten tired of it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I will ever, but I just, um, and also, you know, it probably makes a difference because it's such, I have to make, I have to force myself to have that time. I have to really create that time. It's so precious to me because I have kids and I'm busy. Well, so this, Okay, I want to talk about that time aspect too, but I just was writing down the words, you know, it seems like you just have a general curiosity about life, art, the love of learning, and that is such an important piece of continuing to create for you. Um, how how has perfectionism come into your life, both with art and outside of art? And because you talked about earlier how you it's only recently that you learned that you were hard on yourself. And I want yeah. to know about what that was, what taught you that, what changes you have made and how it's influenced your life and your work. Yeah. Um, I've been, that's one reason I like your podcast so much is because I obviously have <laughs> issues. With it. Yep, but, um, we all do. I've, you know, I've been a perfectionist probably my whole life, um, and it's definitely manifested itself in different ways um, in in high school. Um, I was really hard on myself, and you know even um, that kind of turned into an eating disorder for me, um, which actually really hurt my my creativity. I feel like looking back, mm. it, it, you know, took over so much of my mind. But, um, and then, you know, I, I kind of, I struggled with that and with feeling not good enough, you know, for a long time and in into college. And then I met my husband and got married and was still struggling. Mm-hmm. And I just got so fed up with it. I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like, I don't want mm-hmm. to, you know, let, this is taking up so much of my life. And it's kept me from doing so many things. And um, I just don't want my life to be like this. Because, you know, before and and now, like, like you said, like, I really love um, adventure and life and experiences and learning. And I feel like having that eating disorder just stole so much of that mm-hmm. away from me. And I just did not want it in my life anymore. And, you know, I tried, tried myself to, um, get better or, you know, overcome it. But I finally decided I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to give this anymore. And, um, I looked up an eating disorder therapist and, um, even though, you know, we couldn't really afford it. I was just, determined to do it and went and started seeing her and that really was the beginning of a long road that I'm probably still on mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> if not in that if not in the 
the eating aspect, but yeah. just, you know, the perfection aspect um, that I'll be on my whole life. But that, I feel like, was the beginning of just learning so much about, you know, those habits and why they're there and that it's, you know, not about the food at all. But, mm-hmm. um, so my that's, goodness, yes. that was, that was kind of, um, the start of when I realized, oh, well, you know, I am not seeing myself clearly. Mm-hmm. I remember that one of the exercises that she had me do, um, she rolled out like a big thing of paper and gave me a marker or something and had me like draw what I thought my silhouette looked like. Yeah. And so I did that, and then she said, okay, now lay down on top of it, and I'll actually draw your silhouette. And it was so much smaller than the one I had drawn. Mm. And I was just like, and that just blew my mind, because I honestly was, like, drawing what I thought I looked like. And I think I that just is something that's always stuck with me, um, that I always come back to like I need like to realize that my self-perception can be out of whack sometimes Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that was just such a good example to me of that another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I love those moments that, um, you know, are that hinge on the gate where you just said that was a moment. That was a moment yeah. that swung the the path of my life in a different direction than it was going. And I also see that in that moment where you decided that you did not want to live like this. I yeah. think the people who struggle, um, whether it's depression, whether it's uh, chronic anxiety, or maybe it's eating disorders or and just in general stress, getting caught up in stress. Um, it's hard to get yourself out of that when you aren't willing to see that there's another way and it's hard to get to that other way. It's, it's not easy, but that the end, or at least even the journey of it is still what you want more than what you've got. So while yeah. your recovery is taking time and it's, and it's not about the food, I, I hear you. I'm with there. I'm with you on that. Um, what, what has it been like trying to leave that behind and why has it been worth working towards that? Um, it's a daily effort, first of all, but, and, and I, and I do feel like 
certain times of my life, like when there's been something hard, it tends to get harder for me to, um, like I, some of those, you know, feelings and things come back a lot stronger. But um, probably, you know, what really made me want to continue, because like you were saying, it's hard. You have to take a hard look at yourself when you're trying to um, improve or overcome something. And it's not always something that you want to do. And, like, you have to face some facts and you have to, you know, realize that you need to change some things that maybe you don't want to let go of. But um, having my daughter, I think, I knew that I needed to um, not fall back into those old patterns because, first of all, I didn't want to pass them on to my daughter. And, Mm -hmm. you know, second of all, I wanted to be able to enjoy life as a mother and, um, you know, to be happy. So that was another another turning point for me. And so when, as you've been continuing to work through it, what's been some things that have helped you? Because like you said, it's not about the food necessarily. So maybe actually how about we talk about what do you think is one of the main things that was driving your struggles in the past that you have been able yeah. to shed some light on and work on? Um, yeah, for a long time, you know, I didn't really understand why I had an eating disorder um I don't um I wasn't super concerned with my appearance um I think for me it was just a way that I could feel really good or you know really um it was something I could do and be really good at it and feel like you know I was in control um and I, I was being pure and good, which is messed up. I get mm. it. But mm-hmm. I think that, that that's for me at least. I know everyone is a little bit different. But um, looking back, that's, you know, what it was. And it stems from not feeling feeling good enough, not ever feeling good enough. And um, I just turned to that. And, and you know, for a few years, it it gave me that kind of um, satisfaction, short-term satisfaction, but um, it was just covering up all of the things that I needed to deal with that were hard. So as you've taken that courage to deal with the hard things, what has been something that has been um, helpful in and facing them, what's it like maybe a practice that you do, a routine, um, or, or if it's like a, something you have to talk about? Uh... You know, back to one thing that that first therapist that I had said, I remember, you know, I was kind of, I was having some problems with, with binging and, um, you know, no matter how hard I tried, I wasn't able to stop. And, and she just said, okay, well, um, this week, just you're allowed to binge three times. Yeah. And I was just like, what? <laughs> like, you're giving me permission? Like, I've always just, you know, every time I've tried, I was just like, okay, this is, you know, the end. I'm I'm never doing this again. Like, 
this is it. Mm-hmm. But her like giving me permission to mess up, you know, to, to binge. That was another one of those. Like I was just, my mind was blown. Yeah. I was just like, Oh, and that was just like such a pressure, like, you know, lifted. And so it's like giving yourself permission to fail. Yeah. Yeah. Which I had never done before in anything. And so having that permission just kind of opened my eyes to open my world, you know, like it's okay to fail. It's okay. Like she's saying it's okay that I fail and she's not Mm. getting mad at me or she's not, you know, saying that I'm a horrible person if I do this. And so, um, that, you know, that just really stuck with me. And I feel like that's carried over into other areas of my life, you know, like, um, well, for art, for example, like, I've made a lot of bad art. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I, it kind of come back, comes back to that, like, I'm allowed to fail, I'm allowed to make mistakes. Because, you know, that's just part part of the process. And it's allowed me to if I hadn't kept going with the art and made you know bad paintings then I wouldn't have the good paintings either so um Mm. that's been one thing that has that really helps my mindset but also I find that for me it's really important that I have um some quiet time for myself every day where Mm -hmm. I can like go through my thoughts I feel like it's um a lot I've been learning a lot about you know like how much my thoughts affect my emotions and my actions like I have to take care of my head and my thoughts if I want to be able um to take care of my life and Mm. so for me that like I'm more introverted so for me that I have to make sure I get that time um to myself and a a way that I do that is I usually go for walks or runs every day Mm. and it's just kind of like I have to do it like it's it's the way I clear my head and there's definitely a huge switch, you know, when I come back from that run, I'm able to, you know, face all the things that I need to do um, and to have a a more clear perspective on, on things. But, so that's one thing I do is to make sure I get that, that time to myself. And then, um, I guess another thing that I do is to just try to give myself myself grace to fail and to to learn and um, make bad art. <laughs> All of that. Uh, make bad art. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when, as a mother of seven, I'm sure that you have some tips for other parents out there who are struggling <laughs> to, well, for many things, maybe they're struggling to find that time or maybe they're struggling to find uh themselves their their old selves I guess like whatever their creativity lies within and they've lost it how have you been able to I'm sure there's been ebbs and flows with um being able Mm -hmm. to keep up with your gifts but what works for you in that regard and how has it been beneficial to still keep this side of you going this creativity Yeah, yeah. My my painting is another way I deal with with my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I haven't painted for a while, or if I'm not haven't been able to make that time to to paint or be creative, 
um, I start to get a little resentful. So mm. I figure it's better for me to make the time <laughs> in the, than to be resentful. So I've had to like give myself again, you know, permission. Like it's not, I'm not being a bad mom by making this time for myself. You know, this, this is something that's going to benefit me and my kids because I'm going to be a better person and a better mom and, you know, happier if I take this time. And so, you know, me and my husband have talked a lot about it and we've just made it a priority to make sure that I get the time that I need to. And of course, sometimes we have to be flexible and sometimes it doesn't work out, but we try to um, carve out time for me to have the house to myself to paint um, consistently. So um, my kids just got out of school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like consistently <laughs> so is what yeah. I was saying. I like, not like yes. kids being out of school, yes. but you know what I mean? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, it has to be regular. Um, so I'm, I am really lucky to have him. He's been always so supportive of me, but um, he will take um, the kids down to his mom's house once a week for some, you know, sometimes the whole day, sometimes for just the afternoon. Um, but that is something that I can always depend on to have that time, like at least that time. And from that, we try to build on. So um, like if, like right now, he took all the kids to the park and, um, you know, that <laughs> it's better for him too <laughs> when I get that time to paint. Yeah, so, it helps everybody. Know, it's, just, it's making it a priority. I feel like that's what it comes down to. And not feeling guilty about making it a, making something that's important to you a priority, because I love being a mom and I love my kids, and of course that's my number one priority. But this is a priority too. And some you know sometimes I, in the past especially, I felt guilty for making it a priority. But the more I've done it and the more I've seen it benefit you know my life and my kids' lives, the more I realize that it's okay for me to make it a priority and it's important. Like it, it's not taking away from being a mom at all. Mm. At all. So, yes. um, it's making you better. I mean, I think a lot of parents deal with guilt of feeling like they're in putting themselves on the priority list again, that it's taking away yeah. from their families. And it just simply is not true. I mean, sometimes it's even just as as simple as giving up on your house being clean for a few mm-hmm. hours <laughs> or, <Yep>. you know, <laughs> something like that that you're like, well, if I do this and that's going to happen, well, what's what's going to benefit you more in the long run? And sometimes it's 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 worth it, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah. this has been this has been wonderful. I have loved getting to know you better. It's it's just really interesting for me to pick apart an artist's mind um, specifically because I am so in awe of what creativity can look like for different people. And before I have you go, I would love if you could answer my final question I like to ask people. And, you know, okay. it can be all over the map. It can be funny. It can be simple. It can be impactful, whatever it is. But what have you learned about yeah. yourself the past few years? 
I have learned um, that I'm just I'm, I need to trust my instincts mm. and to believe in myself enough to you know follow those impressions and instincts because for a long time you know I I didn't believe in myself enough or I didn't think I deserved it and so I I've yeah the past few years I've just been really trying to um, follow those instincts and to not feel guilty for them and to you know trust that I am doing you know the best that I can and um, trying to do what's right for me and my family so mm, that's, that's probably it Good for you. Thank you so much for sharing that and for taking the time to be on the show with me today. It was lovely getting to know you. Oh, no. It was lovely talking to you as well. Beth was such a delight for me to get to know better. I don't I don't know if you could tell, but we actually dealt with more technical issues than I've ever had during an interview. And she, so, she showed so much grace and willingness to go with the flow. We did three different mediums of recording in order to get this interview to you. So thank you, Beth, for your patience and for your willingness to share your story with us and help us learn from you that we need to create room for failure in our lives in order to really flourish. I have an exciting podcast for you later this week. It is my 100th episode. Cannot believe it, folks. I cannot believe we are to 100 episodes. I've actually interviewed well over 100 people. I have a lot of interviews that are in store for you coming up. But this 100th episode, I will be the only one speaking. I want to share from my heart what it's like to be a podcaster. And in other words, what it means to be trying something. I'm going to be sharing the behind the scenes, what this mess is like, and why it's worth it to me and what I've learned in the process of these 100 episodes. So I hope you come in later this week for that special bonus episode. And until then, take care of yourself. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.